0: I knew I was never going to be like some crazy weightlifter, but I knew that as I got older, being active was going to be more and more important. So, being in my 40s now, as you approach your mid 40s, it's like some things start to change in your body and you need to maybe do a little bit more um, evaluation on what fitness really is bringing to your life, how it's benefiting you. Instead of breaking down your body, you really want to do things that are going to help your body. And so, That is why running became so important to me because I saw the benefit of both the strength training and running as well.
1: So here's the question, how do runners like us remain active, get stronger, and heal from injuries without being told to stop running and create a healthy life for ourselves so we can continue to hit PRs well into our 40s and 50s? This is the question and this podcast is the answer. My name is Dr. Dwayne Scotty, physical therapist, running coach, and creator of Spark Physical Therapy, where we help active adults be able to run without aches and pains so you can feel good about yourself again. Welcome to the Healthy Runner Podcast. Hey, Healthy Runners! We have big, exciting news, a new program that we just came out with that is our one-on-one personalized run coaching program to get you stronger and faster so you can enjoy lifelong injury-free running. If you are interested in seeing if you are a good fit to work with myself or one of our amazing healthy runner coaches one-on-one to get the structure you need for your run and strength training, then just head to sparkyourtraining.com forward slash coaching. Check out the behind the scenes video tour of the program and hear from the runners just like you who have been through our program before. These are runners who were injury prone or struggling to get out of the injury cycle, or just wanted to learn how to actually train for their big race the right way and get stronger to prevent getting injured. This has allowed hundreds of runners to continue training without having to be told to stop running and finally get the consistency they needed in their training so they could continue to reap the benefits of those mental clearing runs. We would love to provide you the clarity on what you need to be focusing on in your training, whether it is your strengthening, your specific types of runs you should be doing, or the nutrition you should be fueling your body with for those runs. If you are ready to get the support and accountability you need to take action and put the work in, then I would love to hop on a call with you to see if you are a good fit for a one-on-one healthy runner coaching program. Just head to sparkyourtraining.com forward slash coaching and get signed up for your enrollment strategy call with me today. Before we get into this episode, if you are looking for a nutritional advantage to increase mental focus, strength, and endurance during those runs and decrease the recovery time between those hard effort sessions, you will want to check out Perform from the Amino Company. Later on in this episode, I will tell you more about Perform and how it can help you stay focused, get harder workouts in, and improve overall recovery on your journey of becoming a stronger, faster, lifelong injury-free runner, or you can check out the research for yourself at aminoco.com slash healthy runner. Hello, running friends. I am super excited to bring on a special guest today. We have Christy Passion, who is a runner and has been through our healthy runner coaching program, and I just needed to share her story um, with you because this is gonna be an inspiration for all of you who think you kind of run slow and you're really limited by knee pain and you're looking to actually get stronger and maybe run a half marathon or even run a marathon, even if you didn't think you could do so. Um, This story is definitely going to provide you some inspiration um, if you've been struggling with knee pain um, or if you think you're too slow. So Christy, thank you so much for accepting my invitation uh, to share your story with our Healthy Runner community today.
0: Thank you so much for having me.
1: Yeah, this is going to be fun. I cannot wait. Um, I can't wait to kind of get into your story a little bit. But in today's interview, guys, uh, Christy is going to really, um, you know, share her story. And if you've ever had knee pain that was really limiting you from running or maybe you did lunges in the gym and your knee was like constantly hurting you and you felt like you couldn't get your strength work in because you had bad knees, right? Or you felt like you were too slow to ever run a marathon. Um, I'm here to tell you that these obstacles can be overcome. And Christy is just one of our spark winners who has been through our Healthy Runner coaching program before, um, and she just accomplished um, some amazing things with her running and her health. And I just needed to get her on the podcast and have her share her tips uh, with many of you who have been struggling with similar issues. So if you are a runner who is worried you may do long-term damage to your knee, but you still want to maintain your connections with your friends and you want to meet up with your mom group, Um, you like to challenge yourself and you need some guidance, then hearing Christy's story will really help provide you some hope today. So Christy, you've listened to many podcasts uh, before on this uh, podcast. So, you know, we always start with a little dynamic warm-up. So do you mind just telling everyone kind of who you are and what do you do and where are you located?
0: Absolutely. I'm Christy and I live in Jacksonville, Florida. Um, I am a mom of two daughters and they are everything to me. So a lot of the motivation that I have for being healthy is because of, of them and my family. Um, so we've lived in Jacksonville for about six years and it's a beautiful place to run. We have beaches, we have trails, we have a lot of different places to run and it's just been an amazing place to get outside we have beautiful weather and so yeah Jacksonville is definitely my home
1: uh, I'm jealous of your weather as you know every time we hop on a call <laughs> I'm like I'm jealous <laughs> however your summer was pretty pretty brutal especially yeah, don't be running. jealous
0: <laughs> don't be jealous of our summer yeah we we did marathon training in some pretty brutal conditions so don't be too jealous <laughs>
1: You did, which even makes honestly what you accomplished even more impressive, because I remember some of those runs, and even when here in Connecticut we were like so happy once the calendar like turned to September and October, and it's mm-hmm. like, oh yeah, now it's getting cooler. You were like, my yeah. brother's the same; it is not gotten cooler oh, yeah. here no. yet.
0: It was hot and humid in September. Oh yeah, it was brutal. September is a brutal <laughs> month, definitely. <laughs>
1: Um, So how, when did you start running?
0: I actually started running when we moved to Jacksonville from the DC metro area in 2015. I didn't know anybody and um, I just needed to get outside. I was just so glad to be out of the cold. And so I just started doing a couch to 5k program. I didn't really know anything about running. I went to my local running store and said, I, I'm not a runner, but I would like to be. Um, even if it's just to complete my first 5K. And so they fitted me for some shoes. And I had my phone in hand with my plug-in, trusty plug-in earphones. And I started that couch to five K app and all on my own, I didn't know anybody. So that's kind of where I started. And then very, very quickly I realized I love this. And I probably loved it because it was so hard for me. I'm not a natural runner. I'm not fast. I'm not um, one of these people who can just go out and, you know, plow through a whole bunch of miles. But that part of the challenge is why I fell in love with running because I knew it was going to challenge me in more ways than just the physical aspect of running. So long story short, I ended up joining a group because I had another goal. My next goal was going to be A 15K, which for people who know this area in Jacksonville, the Gate River Run is a big race. Thousands and thousands of people gather every single March to run this amazing race. It's a beautiful race with a very difficult bridge at the very end. And so that was my next goal. And I knew that um, this is a great city to be a runner. And so that was my next one. My next goal after that was going to be a half marathon that goal was a little bit too daunting for me to do through an app like couch to 5k. So I knew I was going to have to get a little bit of help. And I joined an amazing group called moms on the run. It's a national group. And we have a very large franchise out here in Jacksonville. And I joined and I, I couldn't believe that I actually was able to do and complete and feel great after a half marathon. So that's what really sparked my, my initial love of running was at half marathon distance.
1: Nice, I love that, and I'm sure there are many uh, people listening to this uh, podcast who are part of Moms on the Run, and yeah, I hear just such great things about that organization. Um, so that that's really nice that that helped kind of get you into right? Like being a quote unquote runner um, and really, you know, getting into the half marathon distances. Now, prior to starting that couch to 5k program, you were relatively active, right? You've always been someone who has been active. What types of activities did you uh, participate in?
0: So I think my first love has been uh, the gym life and weightlifting. And that was always something that was important to me. I, I loved it. I was very motivated to get in the gym and I loved setting goals for myself of whether it be a weight goal or a rep goal or whatever it was. And, um, so I, I've never been inactive. It wasn't like I was completely couched to 5k. I was just a non-runner to 5k maybe, but I loved strength training. I loved weight training and just being active. Um, so maybe it was a natural progression for me because I knew I was never going to be like some Crazy weightlifter. But I knew that as I got older, being active was going to be more and more important. So, being in my 40s now, as you approach your mid 40s, it's like some things start to change in your body, and you need to maybe do a little bit more um, evaluation on what fitness really is bringing to your life, how it's benefiting you. Instead of breaking down your body, you really want to do things that are going to help your body. And so, that is why running became so important to me because I saw the benefit of both the strength training and running as well.
1: Yeah. And I think that's, maybe that's why you and I get along so well, because my story was mm-hmm. very similar uh, coming from just kind of the gym background and then kind of got right. into running. Um, so I think, all right. So just kind of giving everyone a little perspective on kind of, you know, what your you know, activity was before you started running. So you really were running for about, I would say, was it four years before we actually met?
0: Yeah, about four, four and a half years. And I had already completed several, five Ks, of course, 15 Ks, a couple of 10 Ks, and then about five half marathons in that time span. And I knew that I wanted to go ahead and You know, really make this a part of my life. And I think for a lot of people, maybe if you're listening, it feels like, you know, that next goal is out of reach. And I felt that way too. And during the COVID lockdown, shutdown, whatever you want to call it, I had two choices. So my choices were I either continue to be active and really take it to that next level, or I just give in to the sedentary life and use that as an excuse. And I chose to cope with activity and making running more of a priority in my life, as opposed to being sedentary. Um, So I started listening to a lot more podcasts. I started doing a little bit more research and really became a student of running. I absorbed and I was like a sponge. I wanted to know everything I could about the sport and, and what it meant to other people. And I just loved hearing other people's stories. And that's how I found you um, listening during that lockdown time. We were so isolated from interaction and I would dabble in, you know, listening to different podcasts here and there, but I kept coming back to the Healthy Runner podcast because I felt like it was so practical and it wasn't really something that I could just ignore it, So I would keep going to YouTube and I would say, okay, I need to look at that exercise again. And, you know, so it was very familiar to me and I wasn't even injured. I I wasn't injured at all during that time. I felt great. I was averaging about 40 miles a week. I, I felt great. I was running. Um, and so, you know, it, it's just one of those things where it planted that seed where I felt like I knew you, I felt like I knew the community, um, just listening and, and looking kind of from afar. And, again fate kind of set the stage for when I did feel that pain and the injury happened um, it was just a natural progression for me to be able to reach out.
1: Oh that's awesome I love I love hearing that because again I, I just think about um, how that kind of the podcast is this passion. Project, if you will. And I'm so glad I did it because if I didn't, you and I would have never met. Um, Mm -hmm. and again, if COVID didn't happen, you know, obviously there are a lot of negative things that happen with COVID. Um, you know, all of us have experienced in one way or another, whether it's your work, personal life, relationships, whatever. Um, but this was one of the positive things that COVID brought us together, right? And yeah, so Mm -hmm. let's let's dive into that kind of scenario that you were facing when you kind of reached out to me and, um, you know, where were you at, um, with your running and what were you kind of dealing with in terms of, uh, having some aches and pains?
0: So, like I said, strength training has always been really important to me. Um, the group that I was with and still I'm with here in Jacksonville moms in the run, we have a great strength training program and my, my contribution to my injury, I will own it hundred percent. Uh, was overuse. I was getting to the point where balance, I was losing the balance of rest versus running. So I was running too much (laughs) and not resting enough. Um, And I think a lot of people might be able to relate to this. During that shutdown, we had moments where life was hard and coping came in a lot of different packages. For me, it was running. And so my body took the brunt of that. And in the moment I was coping great because I was able to get outside and run. And we were training for races, Florida, we still had races. And so I had a goal to finish last December. I had a goal to do a half marathon PR and I did. Um, And then even though I was doing the strength training, even though I was trying to maintain some sort of balance, I didn't have a clear plan. And so about two weeks after that half marathon, I was so scared to lose fitness that on a Saturday morning, I thought, oh yeah, it's cold. Um, Believe it or not, we do have cold in Jacksonville. And for me, my body does not love cold. And so I went anyway, um, solo and did a 10 mile solo run and a little bit too fast. Um, And the next day I woke up and could barely put weight on my my right leg. My knee hurts so bad. Um So what was a niggle or a, a red flag became just stop dead in my tracks. I cannot move, let alone run. Um, and so that that is what brought me to your podcast again because I started searching frantically for answers. What do I do? Then I started seeing, a PT here about four weeks later, I didn't run. I had a hard time walking. So of course I wasn't running. I went to a PT. She said, you need to go get an eval, get an MRI. Um, And there was some damage. It wasn't real clear exactly what that damage was. And so the suggestion was from an orthopedic surgeon, stop running, find a different sport. And I will tell you mentally, I fell apart and I didn't realize how much running really meant to me and what that activity, how that activity was helping me in other aspects of my life until someone point blank said, stop running. And uh, that wasn't an option for me. That was not gonna be an option for me. I, I had put so much time and effort and energy and my social circle was my running friends. And um, I just needed to find a different way. So I was listening to one of the podcasts about runner's knee <laughs> and I said, I have nothing to lose. I have everything to gain and I've just got to reach out. And I was, I was very pleasantly surprised that I got a, a message back pretty quickly. And I, I've never looked back and I'm, I'm just really grateful that um, you know maybe one doctor's version of treatment wasn't going to be the answer. Because if I had taken that advice and said, all right, I'll find another way to keep moving. I think I would have really missed out on a lot of amazing things that have happened this year.
1: Wow, there's so much there that I feel like I can unpack. Um, Thank you, honestly, for uh, your transparency and just sharing. Um, Unfortunately, it's not the first time that I've heard this story before. Um, Unfortunately, and I say unfortunately, because I do feel that um, whether it is a physician, an orthopedic, you know, surgeon, a PT, a chiro, so I'm not saying professions, but just any medical professional, um, sometimes where I feel quite often, um, can jump to conclusions based upon clinical patterns, diagnoses, things that we learn and, Hey, I'm an educator. You know, we teach these patterns and you have this diagnosis and sometimes we instill our personal beliefs in, um, you know, treatments without actually considering the whole person. Right. And so for you, right. Like how important running was to you, right? We have to balance everything. We have to balance, you know, you take, it's all like you're weighing, you know, pros and cons, right? Of of you continuing to run, right? Like what is the risk essentially okay. is what you need to look at. If you run, is it true? And is it fact that your knees will get worse? Or right. am I taking this specific scenario that you're in and I'm kind of extrapolating that to the extreme of saying you can never run again, which is essentially what happened. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And, and I, say that, um, I say that a little hesitantly because I don't want that to come across as I'm saying ignore injuries or ignore pain, or there's never an instance where someone needs to stop running. There are, um, those are very rare though, and they are these um, rare scenarios that other more interventional treatment is needed um, or invasive treatment is needed, but yeah. the majority of running related injuries do get better um, and they will get better. Essentially, we know with time, mm-hmm. um, but the the question is, do you want to prevent them from coming back in the future um, and get the strategies to kind of be able to do that? But I, I just, it's, you know, it, it definitely disappoints me when I hear stories like that, where people jump to conclusions and just say like, "Oh, you can't be a runner. Pick another sport." And because, mm-hmm. you know, we all have our our likes, right? And it's it's one thing if it's like definitive, um, and there is literature to support that. And we actually had a podcast episode, um, with an orthopedic specialist, um, very renowned, um, researcher and, um, you know, sports med guy for LA Kings, he's at USC and, you know, he debunked the myth that running is bad for your knees. And there is no evidence whatsoever that running causes knee arthritis. Um, but unfortunately, that belief is still out there in the medical community by, I don't know, you know, it's more historical and was kind of thought to be the case, but it's not the case actually. And we do know that in running individuals versus sedentary, there is a less of an incidence of knee osteoarthritis. Um, So I guess I just want to you know, thank you for sharing that. And for someone who is listening, uh, just to give you a little context. And if you do want to go back and listen to the episode that Christy listed, it was way back in the beginning, episode 33 on the podcast. Um, I just dropped that on Facebook. If you guys want to check out that link for runner's knee or what we call patellofemoral pain syndrome. And then the other episode that I was referring to uh, with Dr. P um, was episode 57, which was very, very, uh, educational. He shared a lot of great, um, references in there. Um, so that one might be, if, you know, you have been told, uh, you know, running is bad for your knees and it causes arthritis, then you'll want to check out that episode as well. Episode 57. Um, so did you wind up, I know you mentioned about the MRI. Did you wind up getting an MRI? Yeah.
0: So I got an MRI and, um, X ray and MRI, and there was definitely some um, findings, but nothing specific. So they were looking for specifically a meniscus tear. And because of the way that the MRI showed, it was like, well, there's no tear now, but there's definitely something that doesn't look right chondromalacia, something that is causing that wear and tear. Um, the tracking has probably been off for a very long time, which makes sense because even as young as 16 years old, I remember having knee pain every once in a while. So um, definitely wasn't an overnight injury. This is probably more of an overuse. And now that I'm in my mid forties, you know, things start to creep up and, you know, you've got to take care of yourself a little bit differently now. And so once I found out that that MRI was... Technically negative, there was nothing glaring. There was no ACL injury, there was no compound meniscus tear, there was, you know, nothing like stress fractures, nothing around in the, the bones, around the knee. It it was a relief mentally because I had lost so many weeks of running. And I lost fitness. I lost strength. I had lost my mental <laughs> sanity, really. Um, I was isolated from my running friends and um, just trying to be a good patient and listen to the doctors and be compliant. And um, unfortunately that cost me more than what it was worth. And so my road back to recovery and my road back to running took a lot longer and it was a lot more difficult because I stopped for so long um, in being compliant. And I, I will say to anybody who is questioning their opinion of the doctor that they've seen, or even a second opinion or a PT, it's okay to question. It's okay to be frustrated. It's okay to question the advice, even though they are a doctor, that's okay. It's not disrespectful or anything like that. You can ask for the research. If you're telling me not to run, why can you document that? And those are things I wish I had done, but I didn't. And that's okay. Lesson learned. Um, so I guess to answer your question, I yes, I did have the MRI, but once that was found to be technically negative, no intervention was needed. I didn't need surgery right away um or anything like that. And and one of the options was, well, we can go in and scope it and clean out the cartilage that's kind of busted up and you know, looking a little rough. And I just started doing my own research and I was like, well, it's not even really gonna be that much of a help. So no, I'm not gonna go under the knife or even you know, the scope to do that. So, so yes, I did have the MRI.
1: Yeah. And I, I do remember that actual first day when we met and, you know, I remember the frustration in in your voice, um, Mm -hmm. you know, for, for being told to like stop running for eight weeks, essentially, um, having a negative MRI, you, you Mm -hmm. did the PT that you were told to do, Um, and then you still had pain, right? You really weren't back to, you know, running without pain at that point. Correct.
0: Yes. And so it, I think it's important to mention that I was doing the PT exercises that were given to me, but then when I went back four weeks later to see the same orthopedic surgeon that saw me four weeks before, after that script was written and I was very compliant. I went three times a week. I did everything I was supposed to do. He was shocked at the atrophy of my quad. He said, I don't know what you've been doing, but your you your quad muscle is like atrophied so much. Are you lifting? Are you weight bearing? I said, no, I was told not to weight bear. I was told not to, you know, lift heavy. I had been lifting heavy, even though I was injured. I thought, I well, I knew lifting was still good. I knew that I needed to still build that muscle. Um, but once I was told by, you know, this professional not to, and and no fault of their own, that's what they were trained to do. But then when I went back and then he thought, oh, well, now you need to get back in the gym. And he gave me some exercises to do with weight bearing and with adding weights and and weighted squats and this and that. Well, at that point, I was in so much pain that adding weight to a now weak uh, quad and knee added to the pain and it added to the frustration. So I was really at my end. If contacting you and um, trying to get a plan together with you was not going to work, then I was going to go ahead and accept that fate of running is not for me. And I need to find a different sport, but I wasn't going to give up quite yet. I just needed one more chance, one more opportunity, one more Um, person that I could maybe reach out to who could give me a little bit of hope. And um, I think what sealed the deal for me was when you said you don't have to stop running. And I thought, I've got to get back on the road. Like, I can't, I can't, keep doing sideline leg lifts and clamshells for the rest of my life to try to rehab this knee is something's not working. And that's the definition of insanity, doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. And my results were not changing. And I I had to get off the crazy train. And um, yeah, so I'm just, I'm really grateful.
1: Yeah. And I, I guess going on to that point, I just got to interject in there because not that sideline leg lifts or clamshells are bad whatsoever. Um, right. And this is where I I think really my philosophy is a lot different than maybe a traditional PT doesn't treat runners and then is different from a traditional run coach that doesn't deal with muscle imbalances and injuries is Mm -hmm. those activation exercises I like to call them. So the clamshell, getting the external rotators, like kicked in side leg lifts are essential for someone to learn how to use those muscles, but they should be done in the short term and then progressed to standing weight bearing exercises because when we run, we're standing. Right. And we need to be able to activate those exercises. So I, I find that all too often is the um, some people getting care where they're literally doing clamshells and leg lifts three times a week for four to six weeks, um, which is definitely um A little bit of insanity, as you mentioned, um, because we need to actually progress in order to get stronger. And then especially if you're a runner and you're standing, you need to learn how to actually use that muscle in a standing position. Um, So again, it's, it's a matter of really bridging that gap between quote unquote rehab exercises, and then, you know, hitting it hard in the gym. And how do we do that running specific, right? The exercises that are going to help you run better, um, and that's really, you know, what we had talked about that first day. Um, but you know, I, I do have many people that reach out to me, have conversations like you and I did on the phone before we started working together. You know, what made you decide really um, that it was a good fit that you weren't going to try it on your own? Um, it sounds like you've pretty much had your mind made by this point that it was kind of like, hey, this is my latch last ditch effort uh before I give up all running. But made what made you kind of pull the trigger on getting, you know, some specific like individualized guidance on this?
0: Well, because nothing else was working. So it had been um, you know, eight almost actually 12 weeks by that point that I was kind of trying to flounder on my own. And I had even watched some of your YouTube videos I had um kind of put together my own little plan from different resources. And um, because I am pretty familiar with strength training, I I didn't feel like I was a complete novice, Um, but something was missing and I couldn't really put my finger on it. And so once I did just take the the risk, really, it felt like a a total risk and send the message, hey, just call me. The worst that could happen is we had a phone call and you say, yeah, this isn't going to be a good fit for you. And then I would move on. So I think what made me really pull the trigger was when we spoke and I realized how easy it was going to be for me to speak to you. You know, you were easily accessible. Um, There was a lot of things that felt very professional about Spark as opposed to other things that were kind of thrown together ad hoc. And, you know, that was a great uh, comfort for me If you're going to pay for something, you want it to be professional. It's not going to be something that is thrown together on, you know, somebody's computer at midnight because they felt like it. And, and so I trusted that your doctorate dissertation, everything you had done on runner's knee. Well, if he can't do it, then nobody can. So what do I have to lose? I had nothing to lose at that point. I had already been told to stop running. And so, um, yeah, I had nothing else to, to lose and everything to gain. And, and so, yeah, we just went ahead and my husband and I spoke about it and I said, I, I just really need to, to, to do this. I need to try. And if this doesn't help, if it doesn't work, then okay. And I will check the box and move on. Um, so yeah, I think just having that initial rapport, that first phone call and just having you listen to me and not, um, you know, try to talk over me. Cause I've had that happen before with some other uh, professionals or people, doctors, it's like, they just want to cut you off. And, you know, I had a lot of questions. I still have a lot of questions. I, I texted you a lot with questions. <laughs> like, Are you sure? Wait, wait, what about this? <laughs> so, you know, I, I knew that initial phone conversation was going to be a good uh, jumping off point for the, the rest of my training cycle that I was about to enter.
1: Yeah. And I I think that's a important point there is I always definitely like to make sure that anyone that we work one-on-one with in our healthy runner coaching program that, you know, we actually jump on a call and have a conversation because I honestly don't want people in our program that it's not a good fit, right? So if what we do, um, isn't a good fit, then that doesn't make sense for any of us, right? You're not going to get the result you want, We're not going to feel fulfilled in actually being able to serve our running community. Um, So, yeah, these calls are, you know, they're not high pressure sales calls by any means. Um, They're pretty much a conversation and see, like, where are you at? You know, is it a good fit? Is it a good fit for what we do and how we help runners? Um, And I do remember, you know, us having that conversation. I I knew it was a good fit. Um, Was there any hesitations in your mind?
0: You know, I was thinking about that question earlier today. I I didn't have any hesitation. I just, um, I just wanted to get something started, you know, and um, I was pretty lost in that moment of um, after that phone call, I thought, okay, well, now at least I have somebody who can give me a plan. I was mentally tired. I was mentally taxed from a lot of the information that I had been um, just trying to put together myself. And so it was, it was a relief to be able to step back and put everything in your hands and say, okay, I will be 100% compliant if somebody else can just take some of this weight and some of this frustration and feeling that I'm having. Um, and, and so, that, yeah, no, I, do, I really didn't have any hesitation at all.
1: Now, you know how passionate I am about strength training in order to run and that runners who don't do any strength work are more likely to suffer some of those stubborn running injuries, whether it's runner's knee, plantar fasciitis, IT band syndrome, or tendonitis. And one of the keys to becoming a healthy runner is dedicating time to strength training. However, I get it. It's hard to dedicate the time, get motivated, and have the energy to get in the strength work whether you are going to the gym or you're working out in your basement or living room in the early mornings like I do before work or if you're doing it after work in the evening, I have been on the lookout for a truly healthy pre-workout option to help with energy and focus during my workouts and Post run that will also provide a nutritional boost so I can maximize my recovery and performance when strength training. That is why I am super pumped, literally, that I found Perform from the Amino Company. Perform is an essential amino acid based formulation that I simply add to water in my shaker bottle and have 30 minutes before my run or gym workout. It tastes great and is easy on my stomach. Perform helps improve mental focus. Peak strength, endurance, reduces fatigue, and increases muscle protein synthesis so you can recover faster from your runs or your strength training. I feel great since I have switched my pre workout to perform, but what I feel most happy about is that I know exactly what I am putting in my body and that it is backed by real research and science. I actually brought on one of the leaders in amino acid research, Dr. Robert Wolf, on the show during episode 92 of the podcast. If you want a deeper dive on the effects and the literature out there on amino acids, hear my chat with Dr. Wolf, as I am sure you will be as impressed as. As I was learning more about essential amino acids and their effects on us as runners there is actually an abundance of research out there documenting the efficacy of essential amino acids with over hundreds of studies demonstrating improvements in focus performance and recovery from those long runs and hard effort session workouts. If you're looking for a nutritional performance advantage, we've got a special offer for you where you can save 30% and get a free gift using the code HEALTHYRUNNER. Just head to Aminoco.com slash HEALTHYRUNNER. That's a M dot slash HEALTHYRUNNER. And use the code HEALTHYRUNNER at checkout to save 30%. Well, working together, um, what were some of the things that you noticed right away that were helping and that worked well? You know, you had already tried PT for a good eight weeks. You've been doing some other things. You were dealing with this pain for quite some time. You know, what did you notice kind of right away um, when you started the program?
0: So right away, I had to stop heavy lifting, which I was terrified. I thought, well, if I stop heavy lifting, then I'm just going to get weaker, and I'm not going to be able to, um, remain even at this level of fitness. Um, so I did have to come to that, to my own conclusion that no, I have to, if I said, I'm going to trust the process, it's 100% of the process, not the process that I want to trust. It has to be hundred percent. So I, I, I stopped heavy lifting because during that first phase of strength training, the phase one is restoring muscle movement and, um, muscle patterns. And that's what I had lost, or maybe I never had it. I don't know. Probably it's probably more that I never had it. Um, and other muscles were probably compensating. I could do the move. If you were to videotape me, it probably looked like I was doing it, but the correct muscles were not being activated. So phase one was vital for me to be able to, um, just start from square one. And, um, that's what I first saw right away was the activation. It was, Oh, I've never felt that burn before. I've never had, uh, that sort of feeling when I did this exercise. And so it was that mind body connection that I immediately realized was going to be a game changer. Um, and so then on top of that, I think the next thing I realized was I could start running again. And that was very freeing. And I wasn't doing damage to my body. I wasn't making an injury worse. I was actually helping myself by getting out there. And they were very short. I remember seeing final surge for the first week of the training plan. I'm going, Oh man, I'm back to back to three miles. Like, Oh, it was mentally kind of painful. But again, I trusted the process and I knew it was going to be part of you have to walk or you have to crawl before you walk. You have to walk before you run. And so that first phase was really my, um, second chance at learning how to strength train properly, not just going through the exercises, but doing them correctly. Um, and then I guess the, the third thing would be that I saw a big shift in my mentality. I was a lot easier to be around. <laughs> you can ask my family. I wasn't so happy while I wasn't running. And uh, unfortunately, you know, other people probably suffered because of that. But then once that part of my life was able to be restored, I had, I had a huge mental, um, it, it was just, a, the burden was lifted. And, um, I think that's something you really can't put down on paper or, prescribe for someone, but it, it, it is a huge benefit. And um, I think sometimes that's where the medical community might be missing the mark and not seeing the whole person, but our mental health is a huge part of our physical health. And if you can't do what you love, it does affect you mentally. So yeah, those, those were probably the first three things I noticed right away.
1: Oh, my goodness. Well, first off, that's actually was the topic I posted within our healthy runner uh, coaching client community this morning was, you know, our why and just speaking of the mental and like, those are the benefits that I see nowadays, you know, with running versus when I first started running, it was kind of like the physical benefits and to look better, right, and to get more lean. Um, But you, like you were not uh joking that you are a student of the game i love it because you literally like you like remember what we talked about all the way back in the beginning which now is like six months ago from when we first met oh, yeah. um and you're like the restore phase but i love it it's like you were committed and you really took the time to kind of educate yourself and not only get the plan that i developed for you but you actually learned along the way, right? And you understood the rationale to why I was giving you these exercises. It wasn't just because every runner with knee pain gets these exercises or every runner who starts this program gets these exercises, right? It was kind of there was a purpose and a rationale and I just love that you actually remembered that that was pretty impressive honestly (laughs) that was great Um, (laughs) I think you bring up a good point that you know sometimes we need to restore and that's why I created these specific phases of this program and and this just to give you guys a little background context of like this was something that was really building for the last 18 years of my career of like Okay, how did I get runners healthy? And then, how did I not, working as a traditional physical therapist in a clinic, um, not be able to get them to actually their running goal? Like, how do we bridge that gap and get them from restoring, right, and rebuilding a little bit? So that's the second phase we rebuild, get you stronger. But I never actually got to the point where, where I could retrain runners to be able to get like more robust running form. And then I never had the ability to actually get them to crush it level performance training, right? And be able to meet a big, scary goal like you and run your first marathon. Um, So phases are so important. And I think that's another important point. If you are listening to this and you have knee pain, whatever you're doing today, whatever you were doing three months ago, shouldn't be what you're doing three months from now, right? Things need to progress and evolve in both your quote unquote rehab exercises or your running specific exercises, your strength training, and your run plan. So things should be progressing. And if they're not, then you're probably not improving as a runner um, and they need to kind of progress at a specific rate. And it all depends upon the person, the injury, right? So all those variables, and that's where kind of the decision-making happens with something like, you know, what we were working on, on a one-on-one kind of personalized basis, but um, okay. So those were some of the, the things that were kind of working for you right away. Um, so now let's go to let's kind of fast forward a little bit uh to when we were kind of finished the program and I did mention that you ran your first marathon which congratulations was amazing I just love I seeing your excitement honestly along that process definitely some nerves like anyone running definitely. their first marathon
0: definitely. but
1: you know talk about you know where you felt like you were at the end of the program and, you know, leading up to your marathon or after your marathon, um, you know, where was your running at that point?
0: So my goal going into being coached and treated by you um, was to finish a marathon. But I think one of our very early calls, um, the discussion came up that if we get to a certain point, in this restore phase and then in the rebuilding phase and you're still having significant pain or you're not able to run the miles that are in your program there is going to come a point where we're going to have to take a step back and reevaluate and you might have to drop down to the half marathon are you willing to do that i remember that specifically as a question can you handle that decision if that's what is best for your um for your health and as soon as i agreed to that and i knew that worst case scenario, I'm running a half marathon. That's amazing. I could barely run a few miles. So if I was going to run a half marathon that same trip, perfect. It was fine. So I started the training plan with nothing to lose. Again, I had nothing else to, I had nothing to lose. So once I started the training plan, I could see how good I was feeling. And I did have a few setbacks, but of course you were always there to talk me through it and, um, you know, get me kind of back on track. Once I realized I'm doing this, I'm doing this marathon and I I don't care if I have to walk to the finish, I'm doing it. And I wanted to start that race feeling strong and feeling ready, not just physically, but mentally. And, um, I think for me before this training cycle, I had either Prioritized the mental part of training or the physical part of training in various training cycles, but they never really came together until now. And that is exactly what I had wanted, but I didn't know it was possible, Um, but it is. And so the race conditions so, just so everybody knows, listeners know, um, a large group of us here in Jacksonville and uh, other friends also from around the country. All met in Hilton Head Island, South Carolina, Um, and we did the Hilton Head Marathon. Some did the half marathon in November. Course was rough. Um, Weather was rough. It was it it was definitely a difficult race. However, I had never done a marathon, so I knew it was going to be hard. So I was okay with that. I was prepared for hard. I was prepared for pain. I was prepared for uh, difficulty. And I ran all but six miles alone. And, you know, I don't, I don't regret it at all. It was a difficult race, but I can only say that from here on out, all the other marathons I do are going to be better. So that's okay. If the first (laughs) one's going to be a bad one, might as well get that out of the way. Everything else is going to be great from here on out. So the fact that I was able to get to the start line, that was goal number one. Goal number two was to finish. And I met that goal. Um, the third goal was to finish under a certain time or within a certain time. And if it had not been for some, um, misdirection on the course, I, I would have made it. I was outside of that goal by about, um, two minutes. Um, so it, so it's okay it, it all, but I think going into that with the mental strength that I had gained from having to run alone, I, you know, I wasn't able to run with a lot of people during this training cycle because of my injury, I had a very specific plan and I was sticking to the plan. I could not be deterred from the plan by someone else's plan that they were doing, even though though they were a friend or someone else in my running group, I had to stick to it. And it was a few months. It was three, four months, really four months of nose to the grindstone, keep your head down, just focus. And it, it, it paid off and am I ever going to Boston qualify probably not that's okay that's not my goal but mentally physically i'm back in a place where i honestly never thought that i would be and and that's a gift and so yeah that's that, that's really what this whole training cycle has been for me has been the realization that once you put those two things together you have the physical you have the mental you put it together you have people like yourself and the community Um, with the healthy runner community and the coaches and, and everybody else as members, you feel like you're not running alone. Even though I ran that marathon alone, I didn't really feel like I ran it alone. I had a lot of voices in my head, good voices. um, And people texted me along the way and encouragement along the way. And, and so that's what made that marathon. Otherwise it would have been really, really lonely and really um, sad. A lot of people finished that marathon very, very defeated and, and, feeling completely beat down. And I finished feeling like I overcame something.
1: Yeah, you did. You did. And I just love that, you know, our healthy runner community, um, and everyone that's in our, so for those that don't know, everyone who is in our coaching program, we have a kind of a smaller um, Facebook community, um, you know, that we share kind of extra content in and kind of keep each other accountable, motivated. And I just love that, you know, with you being in Florida, like we can bring people together all over the country um, and feel like, hey, I'm not alone in this, right? Um, so I think that is kind of neat, you know, with today's technology and being able to do that. But do you remember actually besides? Kind of getting rid of your knee pain and then running your first marathon. Do you remember the other goal that you actually wrote on your intake form that you wanted to accomplish?
0: I no, because
1: I, I love it. I you said that you want to you want to be able to run until you're a hundred. You oh, said yeah, that I want to run until that. I'm a <laughs> hundred, and did. I just love that because, like, that's what I always say. Uh, first off, and because I think you bring up a good point as far as. Setting realistic goals. And I do actually remember having that conversation with you because I am not the person that is just going to tell you what you want to hear um, for someone who wants to run a marathon. And if I don't think it's really in your best interest for your long term running health to run a marathon, I am not going to advise that you do that. Right. And my goal is not to get you to a finish line for you to crawl up to the finish line hobbling along like I did a run Disney race I've never seen so many injured runners ever in my life um finishing a race or not finishing a race right because half of them really didn't train for the race itself and just did it because it's an event right um but that is never my goal and I I honestly if you're listening to this and um and that is your feeling of like, you want to go like couch to marathon and no matter what, you're going to run this race on this date and you're not going to listen to the guidance and that, then you are not a good fit for our program. Um, but if you're willing to listen and hear some um, sound advice, and I always love kind of big goals and I never like totally shoot them down, but I'll be honest with you, like I was with you on. Uh, really, you know, for the situation that you were in, um, having some knee swelling, you know, having some clicking going on, you know, I was honest with you. And I'm like, I know the MRI was negative, but most likely you have some type of small meniscal or cartilage tear in there that's kind of causing, you know, your symptoms that you're having, um, which I think is another good point for those that don't know, um, in the last decade, you know, the literature out there does state that if, even if you have a tear of your meniscus, you will do better without surgery than actually getting that meniscus tear removed. Um, So there's been a big shift in guidelines for meniscal tears, again, depending upon the size of the tear, where it's located, your specific situation, but in general, adults, not talking about teenage athletes um, who are looking to play sports, um, you know, competitively in their teenage years, but for adults in their 30s, 40s, 50s. Um, it's usually best and you do get better with conservative care. And that's really what we kind of did in strengthening the surrounding muscles around your knee um, to be able to actually be able to run. Um, but I, I thought that was interesting that you brought that up with our heart to heart conversation. I, I actually forgot about that um, prior to today, but I, and then when you started mentioning it, I was like, oh yeah, I do remember this conversation actually, because I'm not going to promise you stuff that really isn't you know, true. I'm not going to get you a great Mm -hmm. marathon time. And, you know, Mm -hmm. so I I think that's an important, um, point to make really, if you're listening to this and anyone is like totally selling you on, I'm going to give you this and that. And it, it sounds too good to be true. Usually it is. Um, but no, thank you for sharing that. And then do you remember also, I remember uh, I loved your comments when you would say, cause you did lift a lot and, mm-hmm. you know, I think there is this misconception as well, um, because I am a PT and a run coach and some people's experience with PTs have been, again, we're doing too low level of an exercise. I'm doing an exercise with TheraBand. How's that going to make me stronger? Um, you know, we do have some significant progressions in our healthy runner strength program. But I remember, you know, because you've had so much experience lifting and doing heavy lifting deadlifts and squats, that you were like amazed at how you actually got stronger. And can you like speak to that, like what you felt from like a strength perspective? And, and if you remember, I remember when we were finishing up, um, you were saying that, you know, you were amazed almost right, that You got you felt stronger even though you weren't lifting heavy deadlifts and squats. Can you speak to that a little bit?
0: Yeah. So I think the difference is the muscles that are being used for each individual exercise. So I think it's really easy to overcompensate with the muscles that are already strong in a squat or a deadlift. It's not until I started isolating specific muscles. on one leg in particular, that was a, that was a, well, it's the exercise called the humbler. Um, and it was very humbling. And I thought, well, my goodness, I can, I can squat this amount of weight. I can deadlift this amount of weight, but to lay on my side and lift my leg where my heel is touching the wall the entire time I wanted to cry. And <laughs> so it is, it's very humbling. And so I, I, That really convinced me that, yes, I could do the weight. I could do the exercise prior, but I was still having pain. So something was missing. And it wasn't until the correct muscles were learning how to, maybe it was even as simple as walking up the stairs, going someplace. It's like, oh, I have knee pain here because everything on my back body is completely asleep. Nothing was working. Um, on my right side, especially it was almost impossible to activate those muscles. And so until I went through those several weeks of taking out some exercises like the heavy lifting and then replacing it with something that is going to actually get that muscle function back, I can't heavy lift until you, until I got that restored. And so I'm excited to start back, heavy lifting. I love it. It, I look forward to it, but I knew that it was going to have to be something that was down the road. Next goal. Um, that had to be something in the, in the next goal after the marathon and, and that's okay. Um, but that was the biggest difference was seeing some of those isolations with the bands and even without the bands, um, just being able to, uh, do a few exercises and feeling the shake, feeling the burn, feeling the fatigue so quickly with very to very little or no resistance whatsoever.
1: Yeah, and I think you bring up another good point: is training phases, right, and being able to have different phases of your training. I myself actually did my first um, set of uh, weighted front squats this morning in the gym, and it felt yes. good. Uh, it felt good to it. do that. Um, so. Now that you've accomplished this amazing feat of, uh, running a marathon, how has it affected your life?
0: You know, I really, it's hard. I think it could be a whole podcast of, of mental health, but, um, you know, this whole pandemic has really been, um, difficult and it's affected people in different ways. And running has been one of the ways that I've been able to cope with the stressors of how our world has changed. And, um, I know my world hasn't changed quite as significantly or as drastically or maybe as painfully as some others, but it's still, everybody has been affected by this. So I think by having something to focus on, a healthy goal to find balance with my family, with my fitness, with my friends, all of those aspects of my life, to be able to learn how to put all of that together in a way that is sustainable going forward long-term and not just for a short-term goal to say, I did it, check the box. But now this is my this is my life. This is what I do. And it brings fulfillment. It brings joy. It makes me a better mom. It makes me a better wife. It makes me a better friend. Um, and so that's really what I think this whole experience has done for me. Yes, I finished a marathon, but it was so much more than that. Um, and yeah, so I, I think that Going into it, I had very specific goals, but I never thought that the benefit was going to have the ripple effect that it did in other parts of my life.
1: And that is exactly why I do what I do. I just love hearing how much running you know, impacts, and it is beyond the metal, beyond the time you get on the clock. Um And, you know, thank you for sharing that because honestly, that is why I do what I do. And, you know, what would you say if, um, you know, someone was considering working with either myself or one of our healthy runner coaches in our program, you know, what was most helpful, um, for you as you were going through this program?
0: I think just to have someone who was there, um, it wasn't a, YouTube video that I kept going to. It was a live person, <laughs> someone that I could share my struggles with, share my victories with. I think I um, tried as much as I could to, you know, communicate when I had questions, and I wanted to put a hundred percent in, and I knew that you were giving me a hundred percent. And I, I think if people are hesitant, and if you're listening and you are hesitant, I get it. I sometimes didn't feel like it was. Um, maybe something that I deserved as a, uh, runner who was just doing it for their own health and maybe even a hobby. I wasn't trying to get to this amazing goal race. I'm not an elite runner. I'm never going to place in my age group, but that's okay. Um, so if you're having any hesitation and that's where your hesitation is coming from, The thing that makes this program so different is that the coaches do specialize in keeping people healthy for a long, a long time. And it's not just to get you to this goal, running your body into the ground in order to say that they were the coach that got you to whatever goal race you were in. Um, So, and, and you're worth it. I, I think that's sometimes hard for a lot of people, especially if you're a, you know, a mom or even a dad. Um. Other things in your life are going to take precedent. They're going to take priority. They're going to take resources, time, and and financial resources away from maybe what you want to do. But I think that when we prioritize our own health as the caretakers of our home and of our household and our families, it it makes you better. It doesn't uh, take away from that. It actually makes you a a better parent. It makes you a better friend. It makes you a better spouse um, when you can make your goals, a reality, and you can feel strong and your mental health is intact. I think everything else follows.
1: Well said, well said. So in our final stretch, if you could change one thing about the misconception of either running with an e or running your first uh, marathon, what would that be?
0: I think probably to realize that you don't have to stop running. Um, you don't have to completely, um, do the old school rice technique, rest ice compression elevation can only last for so long. And once you've done that, the misconception, unfortunately as well, four weeks wasn't enough now, maybe let's make it eight. And I, I not going to say I regret that because I don't think that I would be where I am without having that experience of so many weeks off of running. But I think that is a huge misconception in our um, mainstream, I guess you could call it uh, healthcare. So you don't have to stop running all the time. Maybe some circumstances you do. But once you have that call, once you get set up with one of the coaches um, within this community, they can get you onto the program that is right for you. And the misconception too, I I know you said one, but I think it's important to say, you don't have to be an elite runner who wants to qualify. You know, I say Boston, just because that's like the thing that everybody thinks that is like the Holy grail of qualifications to be able to benefit from this type of training. Everyone can benefit from having a coach, from having a healthcare professional help you. um, And I still run slow. It's okay. I, you know, it, it's fine. Um, that is no longer my main goal. And so the misconception that you have to be a fast runner already in order to be worth the coach's time is a hundred percent. Not true. You are worth their time. You are worth their effort and energy. If you put a hundred percent into it also.
1: Good points all around. And I'm never one to only stick to one point. So you're allowed to get two points in there. (laughs) So, (laughs) guys, if you are struggling with nagging knee injury and you've been told, maybe you're just not meant to be a runner. Um, or like your friends say to you, do you really think you should be running a marathon? Um, or don't, you know, running is bad for your knees. Um, if you're ready to take control of your nagging knee pain and really get back to running long again, like Christy did without having to be told to stop running, let's guide you back to crushing your running goals. So you can officially spark back into running shape with our healthy runner coaching program. So in this program, I'll be your PT, your run coach, and your accountability partner, really collapsing time for you and providing you the strategies that it took me 18 years to learn through my personal running journey um, and helping runners just like Christy here. So let's jump on a low pressure strategy call to see if you're a good fit um, for how we help runners really crush their running goals and become lifelong injury-free Runners. Um, you can easily grab a slot on my calendar. Just go to sparkyourtraining.com forward slash coaching and then grab a slot on my calendar and we will jump on a call. And you can even see a behind the scenes video tour that I did of this program. Um, and you can hear from other you know, winners that have been through our program, just like Christy shared today. There are many other people who have been happy to share their story and their experience, um, either working with myself or working with one of our Healthy Runner coaches. So you just head there and get some more information. Thank you so much, Christy. Uh, I really appreciate you sharing your story uh, with our community. Um, I think, you know, this was This was very inspirational, I'm sure for some and provided some hope for others um, who have been told that, you know, they're not a runner, or they shouldn't be running with knee pain or those that are like, just afraid, like, hey, I'm starting to get some pain, like, I don't want to do damage right to my joints. I don't want to do long term damage. So hopefully, You know, you guys took some nuggets away um, from what Christy had to share with us here today. And um, I appreciate you for always showing up for our community. You've been like such a great community member in our coaching, uh, you know, community page. And I just love seeing your runs and, you know, seeing you uh, get out there and crush it. So thanks again for coming on.
0: Yeah, thanks for having me.
1: Yeah, and runners, as always, let's stay active, let's stay healthy, and let's just keep on running until next time, guys. Bye. Hey, wait a minute. Just to let you guys know, much of what you heard on this episode is delivered live within our Healthy Runner free Facebook group. So head over to there to request to join our community in which you will have access to the video version of this episode and so many bonus features including blog article references and YouTube video links, as well as me answering your specific running-related questions. Also, we are closing in on 50 reviews on iTunes, which I am super pumped about, given we're only six months into this podcast journey together. So to help me get there, the first thing you need to do is you have to subscribe to The Sucker, whether it is Apple iTunes that you're listening to this or whatever platform you are on. The next thing is make sure you leave a review. I love to hear what you have to say and I read all of them and it means a lot to me. The last thing, guys, is take a screenshot of whatever episode you're listening to and put it on your stories on Instagram and tag me. That's at SparkYourTraining. If you do this, I will repost it so you'll get a bump I'll get a bump. And most importantly, we will share this information with a lot more runners because that is the goal, guys. We want to get this information in front of as many runners as possible to help them be healthy and stay on the road doing what they love. So take a screenshot, share it on Instagram stories, and tag me in it. Let's try and get to 50 reviews on the podcast. Thanks for listening.